Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Today we'll begin Pastor Michael's teaching series in the book of Galatians. Now, here's part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10, called Gospel Distortions. One writer says, the trouble uh, with a lot of us comes from pressure and often troublesome times in our lives. Think about, for example, a person who comes out of a cult or a world religion and they become a Christian. And now their family begins to say, if you're going to follow that, some of you may be in this spot right now, uh, we're going to disown you or you're going to have nothing to do with the family anymore. You see, when, when this happens, it's not always about theological things, you guys. When someone is in a system, it's about family. It's about emotional distress and pressure. It's about, hey, this is all my family's known and our culture and everything. And now to become a Christian is a huge move. And sometimes people go back to old traditions and systems because they can't take it. They can't take the alienation. They can't take the threats. And so they go back to their old ways or old habits. These leaders were saying something like this. Well, if you believe that simple gospel of grace, you're not really saved. You see, it appeals to us to do something. They might say something like this. Well, it's, it's Jesus, but you got to do these 10 other things or these 20 other things, and then you could be saved, which appeals to me as a human because now it's my self-effort. If I could check the boxes, then I can know. And, but, you know, when we end up in heaven, there ain't going to be no boasting about what I did, what you did. We'll be rewarded for it, but the only thing we're going to boast in is in the cross of Jesus. Amen. You see, there's going to be no boasting about how many doors I knocked on or how many people I led to Christ. That's why I'm here. No, no, no. You're going to be in because of the grace of God. Wilson points out that there's a twin source of defection or apostasy in every professing Christian's life. He says it's soul trouble and twisted truth. Soul trouble makes us vulnerable to twisted truth. I'm quoting. We can experience soul trouble in personal crisis, hardships, tragedy and loss. He tells the story of a young man who returns home from college on Christmas break only to be told by his Christian parents, raised in a Christian home, that they're getting a divorce. He's crushed. He returns to college and takes a world religion class, which under normal other circumstances would have been a useful intellectual exercise, but now that class is set to deliver a body blow to his Christian faith. He ends up getting into yoga with his girlfriend. Transcendental meditation with his roommate. He no longer considers himself a Christian. What happened, asks Wilson. Well, apostasy often comes in times of crisis. But it also can be a slow drift, moving us, as he says, from the seashore of faith to the raft of doubt, driven by the winds of disappointment and carried by the currents of false teaching. Close quote. Sometimes you ask a person, what happened? Why did you stop going to church? Why did you turn over here? And when you unveil the reason, it's a personal hurt. It's a disappointment with another professing Christian. My mom and dad are getting a divorce, and they raised me in a Christian home, and they gave me this faith, and now what are they doing? And we get hurt, and we get wounded. And the natural response for many 
is, well, then maybe Christianity's not true, or maybe I'm not going to bother with it anymore. I was at a golf course and began to witness to a girl that was behind the counter, and I was sharing the gospel with her, and she, uh, she said, I will never step foot in a Christian church again. And I said, why? She said, because I grew up in a church, and they said, if you wear that dress, you're going to hell. If you wear makeup, you're going to hell. You go to a movie, you're going to hell. You dance, you're going to hell. You smoke cigarettes, you're going to hell. She said, I will never step inside a church again. Now, I tried my best to preach grace to her and have her understand the simple gospel, but I'll tell you, there are many people in our world due to false teaching and crises or a combination of both that inoculate people to the gospel. They got a deflector shield so thick around them because of past hurts and wounds and confusion of false teaching, which abounds in our world. And so they distort the gospel. They add to it. Think about if you had a painted masterpiece that became corrupted. The gospel is a masterpiece. You have a computer file that becomes corrupted. You have uh, people who mess with things and change the purity of something. That's what was happening, and the, the original gets lost, corrupted. That's what was happening. The American gospel, it's Jesus plus wealth, prosperity, health, and wealth. It's this formula. It's these 10 things, these 15 things, this dress. Got to be baptized in our baptismal. You got to have this diet. Oh, you eat that? Oh, you're in trouble. No, 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 no. We are saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Here's how it's been put. Gospel math. The gospel plus anything equals nothing. Or to put it another way, gospel equations are this. Jesus plus anything else equals nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Amen? Jesus plus nothing. He saves you. What could you add to what he did? Some people at this point say, well then, could you just live however you want to? You get your insurance policy, put it in your back pocket. I'm not going to hell anymore. Saved by grace, saved by grace, saved by grace. Sing the little song. And then you go out and live like hell the whole week. Is that what your Christian life should be about? No. See, the greatest motivator for living a godly life is grace. Amen? The greatest motivator for me to honor the Lord is love, not law. Think about it. What motivates you the most in your life to do the right stuff? Is it law or love? It's, it's, I love because he first loved me. He gave himself up for me. What, what would I hold back from a God like that? I love my bride. I want to honor her. It's love, the love I have for her that motivates that faithfulness. Not some law, not some document I signed 30 years ago, it's love. Love is expressed, of course, in wanting to do the right thing. And so Paul says, look, even though or if we, that's Paul and his companions introduced to us in the first part of the letter, or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, if that happened, let him be accursed. That word accursed is anathema. It literally means let that person be devoted to divine destruction. Let them be under the wrath of God. You want to say serious? Oh, yeah. Paul says if we came back into town and preached a different gospel, if an angel came down and preached a different gospel, that person is under the anathema of God. They're under the curse of God. 
Do you know in the early uh, stories of Mormonism, Joseph Smith said he had an angel appear to him, the angel Moroni, or if you're Italian, Moroni, okay? And this angel, by the quaking bedside of Joseph Smith, the first prophet of Mormonism, told Joseph where to dig in the Hill Cumorah in Upper State, New York, to find golden plates where he would translate the Book of Mormon. Now, that story is interesting, isn't it? Because it was allegedly an angel bringing a message that is essentially contrary to the gospel, although the Book of Mormon is less problematic than some of their other writings. Now, it's not the angelic visit that automatically makes it wrong, right? In Matthew 1 and Luke 1, we have narrative accounts of angels, the angel Gabriel namely, appearing to Mary and Joseph to tell them about the coming of the Messiah. An angel coming doesn't mean it's automatically wrong. But if the message is different from the gospel we know, then that tells us it's a false gospel. Now, in the last days in Revelation 13, 13, and 14, I think it's the false prophet who have the ability to call fire down from heaven. Now, would that impress you? If someone came to you and said, hey, I want you to start following me now and my sidekick, the Antichrist, and just in case if you're wondering if we're legit, you might say to yourself, Pastor Michael never called fire down from heaven. Oh, I've been asking for it. <laughs> I'm kidding. You're just kidding. Would a sign or a wonder be verification? Not if the gospel's false. Now, Jesus did signs and wonders, but his message, and of course, he was the gospel, but there's such a thing as false signs and wonders. At the beginning of Islam, Muhammad thought a demon was terrorizing him, and then his wife convinced him that it was actually a good angel. So we have some precedent for this kind of thing. Interestingly enough, in a place called Medjugorje, uh, Yugoslavia, some apparitions began to appear, as the story goes, to some teenage kids. They went out into the woods to smoke cigarettes. And this Marian apparition, they called her the Madonna or the Virgin Mary, floating three feet above the ground, began to bring messages to these so-called uh, people who are getting these apparitions. And people from the Catholic Church and the Evangelical Church went and interviewed the visionaries, as they call them. What did you see? What did the apparition say? Perhaps they're saying thousands of messages came over the years. Well, the Madonna in a gray outfit floating three feet above the ground started to say that all religions lead to the same place and uh, all you got to do is really be a good person. And So even if we were convinced that the visionaries actually saw something, we'd be a little concerned, would we not? Because now we're getting pluralistic messages about, oh, it's just about your sincerity. It's all religions teach the same basic principles. Do they? Let me ask you. If you have an Eastern religion that teaches that you live over and over and over again in reincarnation, and that you finally get off the wheel of reincarnation when you're good enough and you have enough good karma, and then you merge back into this non-personality great one, and then the Christian faith tells you that you live once, it's appointed to a man to die once, and after this comes the judgment, that Jesus is the only way, that he's made a way for you, but you've got to trust in him. You have two uh, differing truth claims, correct? Do those two truth claim claims contradict each other? Yes, they do. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. So even if we were convinced that the visionaries actually saw something, we'd be a little concerned, would we not? Because now we're getting pluralistic messages about, oh, it's just about your sincerity. It's all religions teach the same basic principles. Do they? Let me ask you. If you have an Eastern religion that teaches that you live over and over and over again in reincarnation, and that you finally get off the wheel of reincarnation when you're good enough and you have enough good karma, and then you merge back into this non-personality great one, and then the Christian faith tells you that you live once, it's appointed to a man to die once, and after this comes the judgment, that Jesus is the only way, that he's made a way for you, but you've got to trust in him. You have two uh, differing truth claims, correct? Do those two truth claims contradict each other? Yes, they do. One says you live over and over and over again and you get there where you you need to be based upon performance and good karma. And the other one says you got to trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, both truth claims could be false, but they both can't be true because they contradict one another. To put it simply, two plus two is four. Someone over here says, I really believe two plus two equals five. I feel it. Well, that's compelling. But two plus two is four. I don't care how you feel. I had someone come up to me after first service and say, you know, some people are saying if you say two plus two equals four, that that you're being mean to people and you're bordering on racism. Because I said that two plus two is four and not five that's where our world is right now. Have you noticed? We going cuckoo. There's some crazy stuff out there. How dare you say two plus two could only be four? And then they want to go over and pet a puppy in the corner for a while. I mean, this is where we are, folks. I'm sorry, but it's craziness. 
We have some serious issues with real racism. Don't get me wrong. But we have some crazy stuff going on too, where if you tell someone they could potentially be wrong, you are an evil person. This is, this is where our world is. Because I think I could feel some of you saying, man, Paul sounds a little harsh. He's calling curses down on people? Chill. Take a chill pill, Paul. Unless people's souls are actually on the line. Unless what Paul is saying is divine truth and people are being duped all over the planet into thinking they're okay with God when they're not. Well, that's what is before us. Jesus says, For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles, Matthew 24, 24, to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. See, I've told you in advance. The devil comes as an angel of light, 2 Corinthians 11, masquerades as an angel of light seeking to confuse and even deceive. He did it to our first parents. Genesis 3, did God really say... Oh, no, no, no. God knows in the day that you eat that fruit that looks so good, you'll become his gods, knowing good and evil. Same line, same source, and as Dr. Martin put it, same destiny. See, this is just repackaged stuff. And so as we wind down, Paul pronounces a double warning or a double curse. He says, as we've said before, so I say again now, if any man, he went from us to an angel to anyone, verse 9, is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you received, let him be accursed under the divine curse, the anathema, the destruction of Almighty God. What should we do? If someone goes astray, we should pursue him. James 5 says, My brethren, if anyone among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. James 5, 19 and 20. The church has been entrusted with the everlasting saving gospel to protect it from being diluted, to preach it straight. But do you know why a lot of what's happening is happening today? Because of verse 10. Would you read it? For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Am I striving to please men if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Now, don't raise your hand, but I would imagine that all of you have some people-pleasing tendencies. We all can be that way, right? And imagine if you're a pastor and you're being interviewed by Larry King and the red light goes on and you're sitting there at a desk and Larry King begins to ask you some questions about alternative lifestyles, what you believe about marriage, what you believe about are people who don't trust in Christ going to end up in hell? You know, they frame the questions very well, don't they? And there you are. You're, you're the one on national TV now. You're the one with the hot lights on you. You're going to go home later and do a barbecue in your backyard, but your neighbor saw you on TV. Hey, you, uh, you were the one on TV? Saying that stuff about... Yeah. yeah. See, now you got to make some decisions, right? Do I really believe what I say I believe? And we've watched some pastors there ask the question under the hot lights, and they, they do something like this. Well, let me entertain you. And they, and they dance all around the subject. Others, instead of taking a full swing, went like this. They, they turned to bunt. And others just went, Mary had a little <laughs> It's hard, isn't it? We, we laugh at it, but you know, 
when you have somebody looking at you saying, how dare you say Jesus is the only way? How all of a sudden you're at work, everybody's rallied around the Keurig, the coffee maker, <laughs> and you hear discussion, yeah, all religions, basically. I'm reading this book on how all religions lead to God, and it's just about being sincere. And if you're sincere, you're fine. And there you are. You just heard the message from Galatians 1 in church. Should I? Uh, could, could, could I bring something up to you guys? What, Holy Joe? Or you're at an Easter dinner with your family, right? And politics and religion come up and people are, oh, all religions basically teach the same lessons. Everybody is just about being sincere. And there you are. And you say, oh, well, wait a minute. Jesus claimed to be, oh, hey, Holy Joe, it's Easter. We're not going to talk about that kind of stuff. Jesus being brought up at Easter time. See, this is the pressure we feel, isn't it? And if we were going to be honest, there's been times when we've been quiet when we should have spoken up. There's been times when the fear of man and the approval of man shut my mouth. Because we all like to be liked. And we don't want to rock the boat unnecessarily. And please hear me, Paul is not saying he doesn't believe in serving people. Paul is not saying he doesn't believe in biblical compromise. We should be compromising and deferring to people all over the place. In marriage, uh, we should put others before us. Philippians 2, Paul says, have this mind in you, this attitude, which is in Christ Jesus. Put others as more important than yourself. But when it comes to the essential Christian teachings of the faith that determine one's salvation, you can't compromise. You could let others go before you. You could defer. Someone says nasty words to you. You hold back and you, and you ask the Lord to help you. But if someone says, oh, there's other ways to be saved, you can't compromise on the essential Christian gospel. Why? Because if you confirm someone in their lostness, who do you think is going to answer for that? See, my job is to preach the biblical gospel and to equip God's people. Your job is to be equipped enough to know when a false gospel comes across your horizon. Amen? And then to pray for God, to God for wisdom on how do you navigate this? How do you preach it with compassion and yet not compromise? These are difficult things. You know, Jesus said to the religious leaders, you love the approval of men more than the approval of God. You're a bunch of people pleasers. We cannot downplay the power of this. But Paul says, if I was going to please men, I wouldn't be a bondservant of Christ. You've been listening to Gospel Distortions Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 1, 6 through 10. And don't forget, you can watch the video of this message on Walk in Truth. We would love to hear from you. We'd like to hear your thoughts, uh, your opinions on the program, or if you have any questions about something you heard on the show. We would love to help equip you, so ask away. You can email us at this address, contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Or you can mail us a letter the old-fashioned way at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now, here's Pastor Michael. We as the church, we need to be praying right now and praying that the Lord would use our voices to say, you know, if we want healing, and we all do, and there's, there's many people who want 
you know, us to move forward as a culture. And I had one of my sons tell me very profoundly, if we want to see change, let's be like Jesus, who reached out to people who were different from him, who showed love and justice, perfectly mingling in one individual, the God-man Jesus. You know, if change is going to come, it's going to be because Christ is living through us as the church, whether we're black, white, brown, or yellow. We are all one in his sight. And I pray that the church can come together and uh, that we can be a voice of hope, of love, of truth, of justice, of healing, all the things I think that we would all desire. Sometimes it's hard when, you know, all, all the voices are coming out and there's so many different things to consider. Uh, this is a good time to go back and say, Lord, would you just live through me so I can respond the way you did and the way you would? Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. I pray that you are well, that the Lord blesses you and keeps you, that his beautiful face shines upon you. It'll grant you shalom peace, even in the midst of some very taxing and troubling times. I pray that he'll be the anchor of your soul, and we'll catch you next time on Walk in Truth. And one more thing before we go, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. So if you can make a $5 donation, we would really appreciate it here at the show. So you can make that donation at walkintruth.com and click on donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click donate. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 1, 11 through 17 called Set Apart to Reveal His Son. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people. 